Super Talk Mississippi media production. Find your new ride at Kia McCombs all-new location at the corner of I-55 and Highway 98. Come find out why McComb loves Kia McComb at the corner of I-55 and Highway 98. Right on the corner, right on the price. If you're a sports fan, you've had one heck of a weekend. You know, football season is the bread and butter around here, as it should be, by the way. It is my favorite time of year. However, these few weeks that we've got going right now, it's hard to argue that it gets better than this. Welcome into Sports Sunday. I'm Michael Borky. He's Stephen Gagliano. It is great to be with you. You want to be a part of the conversation, you can do just that this morning on the text on 601 879 Stephen, what is our show called today? Today we are the something homeowner. Today's homeowner. Today's homeowner with today. Danny Lipford. And uh, Danny Lipford <laughs> has the day off, so we're going to talk about all your home improvement needs right here this morning. No, we're not going to do that. Think about what, if again, if you're a sports fan, what you've got right now. So obviously we had baseball this weekend, Southern Miss was off, but Ole Miss and Mississippi State both won their series, Mississippi State emphatically so, we'll get to that here in a little bit. If you were worried, and only a blind homer would not have been worried about the way the team looked last weekend. Now, if you listen to this show, I said, hey look, you know they, they, they played bad, but sometimes you do that in baseball, felt like they weren't really engaged, important week coming up this week. See if they get it right. And boy, did they. But only the blindest of blind homers would have not been concerned about the way the team played last weekend and you know, maybe wondered if it was going to spill over another weekend. Oh, it did not. <laughs> it did not. Mississippi State gets a sweep. Ole Miss got an ever-important series win. They're going to be hosting a regional. You can go ahead and make your plans if you haven't already. But yesterday's game underscored the biggest problem with that team. At this point of the year, I mean, the team is exactly what they are. I engaged in it as well, so I'm not making fun because I participated in it. But, you know, you have people that last weekend against Vanderbilt, you had a relief pitcher that looked good, and it was maybe this is the arm that can carry him through a regional. And then, as it turns out, no, you've always known what that team is. They have... An elite starting pitcher, one elite starting pitcher, and that's Doug Nikhazy. He can beat anybody in the country. He's proven it. You've got an offense that can score on literally anybody. Best offense in the SEC, one of the best in the country. And they have one of the worst bullpens in the SEC. That's kind of what that team is right now. They can win a regional. They can win a super because of the first two parts of that equation. But if the third... Part of that equation uh, continues to be as bad as it has shown. It's going to be tough sledding here in a couple of weeks. On top of that, if you're a hockey fan, there's not many of you, but if you're a hockey fan or if you're like me and you really just engage in the NHL when the playoffs come around, they're here and they've been awesome so far. If you're a basketball fan, and spare me, I know that 
because I like basketball. I'm a Marxist or whatever. I get it. I know. I'm an evil person. Call me a commie. I'm watching the NBA playoffs. So you've got that if you're an NBA fan. The Grizz are in it. They get started tonight against the Jazz. That should be a fun series, you know, if you're a Marxist or a communist sympathizer. And then the PGA Championship. We don't spend a whole lot of time talking golf on this particular program because there's a lot of stuff going on. I mean, you, you guys know that. Golf isn't priority one, unless it's Masters time, in which I'll talk about the Masters for hours a day, every day, all week. But you've got a compelling storyline coming out of Kiowa Island that you really don't get in sports. Now, Tom Brady is kind of ruining this line of thinking, but Phil Mickelson currently has a one-shot lead over Brooks Kepka. Phil Mickelson is 50 years old. He would be the oldest major champion ever if, knock on wood, he's able to pull it off today. But him being at the top of the sport, spanning three decades, he has had a lead in a major championship in four separate decades, 90s, 2000s, 2010s, and now 2020s. Four different decades. He's had a lead in a major championship. You don't get this kind of longevity in any other sport. Tom Brady notwithstanding. But Mickelson's got years on Brady. A very unique situation. And and you've got, I mean, one of the legends of the game and a bit of a polarizing figure. Some people like Phil. Some people don't like Phil. Whatever. I love Phil Mickelson. I've got a personal story for that. I will spare you guys that today. It's not important. But you've got a legend of the game past his prime, 50 years old, and right behind him is this young superstar, best in the world, at a stunning, absolutely stunning golf course and location, and the wind is 25 miles an hour today. Not right now, this morning. It's going to pick up as the day goes on by the time the leaders go off. You're going to have... Half the golf course, and it's going to be the closing stretch of holes, really, dead into 20 to 25 mile an hour wind. It is going to be awesome drama today. So I don't know how many TVs you need. Luckily, your baseball teams are done playing, so you can settle in with this other stuff. But just today, you've got a Formula One race going on right now. you got the PGA Championship. The leaders tee off at, I think, 140 hour time. you got basketball and hockey today. Pick one, Steven. Well, I need to get my cable and internet set up as we moved yesterday and don't have either one of those things. So I need to hurry up and get all that straight so I can actually watch some of this today. So no internet at all. What have you done? Moved and began unpacking, which is not fun. No, no, that's not fun. (laughs) No, I'm going to take my grandfather's advice the next time I move. Every time he moves, he doesn't bring anything. Except, like, the essentials. Every major thing, he just leaves and gets new stuff when he moves. I'm going to do that the next time I move, or I'm just never going to move ever again. Because this is awful. And we're we're just swimming in an ocean of boxes now in our apartment, which I just... I have four... Yeah, I could do that. Taylor's going to be out of town today, so that's what I'll spend my time doing. She'll get back and wonder if I've done anything productive, and I'll be sitting in my fourth that says, no girls allowed. She can't come in. 
<laughs> Could you imagine? She, she's got. She I, would kill me. She's leaving today, and she's. You know, it's gonna be great when I come home and see that Stephen's done all kinds of unpacking, and she opens the door. <laughs> That's more likely than me doing all that unpacking. Oh, that'd be great. Oh man, I, take the empty boxes and do that. So like we unpack because that's because that's what you have to do. You know you've got to do it as miserable as it is. But take the empty boxes and stack them right like as the door swings open, the boxes are right there with a fort and right no girls allowed. The what, what was it from Little Rascals? The the He Man Woman Haters Club. Yep, that's yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> and draw a circle around your cat's eye like Petey. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he'd let me do that. He would scratch me. Half to death before I was able to do anything to his face. You can watch Little Rascals on Netflix or Disney Plus now. I think I saw it the other day. There we go. Yeah, I can, I can run that kind of stuff off of like my regular data on my phone. I don't need Wi-Fi for that. So there we go. Yeah, nice. We've also got. Uh, I wouldn't call them renovations. Uh, I, I guess a, a nice paint job and updating for a couple of the rooms here in the office. And even though we are. In a soundproofed studio with doors that are like six inches thick, uh, the sound is still coming through. In fact, I can see through the studio door, uh, one of the guys is on stilts right now painting. Which, I was, as I was walking in here, he wasn't on them yet. And I wanted to know how he got on them. Because I would have torn like three ACLs trying to get on those things. And I wanted to see him do it, and I missed it. Now I feel bad. But uh, they're out there painting right now, doing a good job. But if you hear some uh, random random noises, banging, stuff like that, it's because there are uh, some gentlemen on stilts right outside of the studio door right now getting the job done here on a Sunday. Yeah, no one's knocking on your front door. It's going to be that sound that you'll occasionally hear through the microphone. And Richard reminds us NASCAR's at the road course today in Austin, Texas. Man, what a day. What a day. I got a knock on my door, was it Friday night? 8.15 at night. Got, and he pounds on my door. It's not a... It's a... On my door. Guy trying to sell me a home security system. And he starts his pitch by telling me my neighborhood isn't safe anymore. That's how he began trying to sell me this home security system. The only thing not safe is a sketchy guy walking around at 8.15 trying to sell you something. 8.15 on a Friday night. And your pitch to me is your neighborhood isn't safe. It's like, I felt perfectly safe until you knocked on my door. I'm guessing the pitch didn't work. No, no, I didn't even get to the quote phase. But apparently this particular home security company would have given me a quote that I would have laughed at. So... Oh, so it's like a legitimate company? It is is very much a a real home security company that apparently sends their salesmen. And I, I don't... You know, respect the hustle. You got to get money however you can get money. And maybe that pitch works. Not working on me. You don't knock on my door on 815 on a Friday night and tell me my neighborhood is not safe anymore and so I need you. And besides, I already had a home security system. The sign was right next to my, my door there. Anyway, we'll talk sports next. Zach on the coast with a reference to something that happened to me a couple weeks ago said, uh, uh, ninjas removing fallen trees silently in the dead of night could always be a cause for concern. I had a tree fall in my yard, uh, in case you're not familiar with what he's talking about. I had a tree 
from my neighbor's yard fall into my yard and break my fence and silently in the night my neighbor completely removed the tree out of my yard completely silently in the dead of night i don't know how he did it it was a big tree nice it saved you the hassle of having to do it he was liable i mean it was his tree so i mean he had to either pay to get somebody to i mean it, it was his responsibility but he told me he didn't want to wake us up, so that's when he did it then. He didn't want to disturb us. So he waited. Seriously, I didn't go to bed until 11.30. The tree was still there. He waited until all of our lights were out to remove the tree as to not bother us. Now, I mean, not a nice guy. That is very nice, yet also if you were to have woken up and seen him yeah. doing that, that would have freaked you out. Jeff says, salespeople don't try to come to my front door. Too many neighborhood dogs. Yeah, see, and luckily... I've got two of the biggest softies in the world, one of which is a lab that has three legs. And if somebody broke into my house that was armed, she would, like, sniff the gun and, like, want to play with it. I mean, she she's the worst guard dog in the world. And the other one's just kind of a sissy. He's a Britney Spaniel, and he's, he's a wuss. But it's, they do, it's the cat they have to look out for. It's the cat they have to look out for, <laughs> for sure. But they do bark. And so even if this guy wasn't legit, which he was um, – he knows that there's dogs in the house, and he didn't see them. So, luckily, they do bark. When somebody knocks on the door, they will make noise. Problem is, if that person went inside of the home, they'd be like, oh, my God, my new friend. So, they're not guard dogs. They're, they're guard noise dogs, I suppose. A uh, bit of breaking news here. Uh, Ole Miss has had a vacancy on their coaching staff on the offensive line. Uh, f- pretty famously... Lane Kiffin fired his offensive line coach after the spring game. Very odd timing led a lot of people to think that there was some kind of scandal brewing. As it turns out, that is not the case. Just did not... Lane Kiffin didn't want him on his staff anymore for apparently a multitude of personal and football philosophical reasons. And that position has been filled. Jake Thornton is his name as the new offensive line coach at Ole Miss. He was the... O-line coach and run game coordinator at Gardner-Webb. Quick, name that mascot, Gardner-Webb. The Bulldogs? The Bulldogs. Nailed it. (laughs) Um, And he was a a graduate assistant previously at Alabama. So another name from the Nick Saban coaching tree, if you will, although it was a grad assistant. And uh, the offensive line coach and run game coordinator from Gardner-Webb. And as with most of... Lane Kiffin's hires, it's a young guy who apparently is very highly thought of in coaching circles. Um, Lane Kiffin goes young, mostly, with his staff. I mean, it's it's a bunch of young guys, uh, with the exception of DJ Durkin, really. And he has kind of a redemption story. So it's either a young guy or, or somebody with uh, with a bit of a past. And that's... It's how the workforce trends. You hire young yeah. so you don't have to pay him a lot. <laughs> Something like that. So there you go. There's uh, your breaking news of the day. But let's talk baseball a little bit. So, Stephen, what's more newsworthy? Mississippi State sweep or Ole Miss's series win? I think we should start with State. That's what I was going to say. I think after the weekend that they had against Missouri, I think bouncing back to get a sweep, I think, is the bigger deal this weekend. Yeah, that, this was a really important weekend, mostly because they needed to preserve their status as a national seat. Going into the weekend, If you listen to me anywhere else, I told you that Mississippi State had to win this series to preserve a national seed. Another series loss to a team like uh, in Alabama, who certainly isn't bad, and they were trending up going into this series, and we saw how that ended. Um, 
they needed this series win or else possibly going to play themselves out of a national seed. Mississippi State could have gotten swept this weekend. They still would have been hosting a regional. But you want to be a national seed, of course. And uh, going into this weekend, they needed two, and they got more than two. The concern about the way your team was playing after that weird weekend against Missouri, that's gone. But the biggest part about this weekend to me is starting pitching. Sunday notwithstanding, they have yet to figure out Game 3. I always call it Sunday. Game 3 is is a bit of a mess. Fristo wasn't great. Houston Harding probably needs to be the starter there, but they've really kind of been all over the place with Sunday starts. But one thing I noticed this season with Chris Limonis is he did not extend his starters at all. And I thought that was in part because the bullpen was so good. If there's even a little bit of sign of, you know, Velo going down or something like that, just go to the pen because it's so good. Why not? But this weekend, Mississippi State really extended their starters. And the timing, uh, I I think, is absolutely, clearly, 100%, inarguably, by design. Chris Limonis now that we're getting to postseason play, was more willing to let McLeod and Bedner go deeper into the game. And now you've got fresh, healthy arms, and you guys saw what, they are, what they're capable of when they are asked to extend some. So McLeod threw 100 pitches on Thursday night, and Bedner, if I remember correctly, threw 112? And that's not something that they've been asked to do really this season. Not really. And seeing that is a big, big plus for Mississippi State. It's a huge plus for Mississippi State. Having your starters going deep into games like this and still being effective through eight innings like Bedner was on Friday, that's the biggest part of this weekend. Aside from preserving a national seed, which they did, Mississippi State absolutely is going to be a top eight seed, uh, which is awesome. But more importantly, for the first time as we get closer to postseason play, Chris Limonis challenged his two starters on Thursday and Friday, his Game 1 and Game 2 starters, to go deeper into the game. And they delivered really nice performances going deeper into the game. And so now when regional play comes, when you might have to play four games, or just when it matters more in the postseason, you know that your two guys are going to be rested and ready because they weren't extended all season long. And they can do it when asked of them. Very important key for Mississippi State this weekend was those two guys extending deep into a game, especially important games, too. And Alabama was playing for their postseason life this weekend. And those guys delivered those performances. Really good stuff there. And then we'll see about game three. Because I don't know the answer there. I think both Mississippi State and Ole Miss kind of have that same issue of, again, whether it's Sunday, Saturday, whatever that third game is, I think they both have issues going into that game. And admittedly for me, like I admitted earlier, I haven't had cable or internet for the past three days, but just doing some kind of box score surfing, the thing that really stands out to me after last weekend for Mississippi State, no errors throughout the series. You know, I think that's been a huge issue all season long. Yep. So to have very none, important. Yeah, I, I think that's really big. Because that, I mean, 
I don't want to say that that's the one thing that will prevent them from winning a national championship because that's not how baseball works. That's just not how it works. Um, But if you told me that Mississippi State lost, let's say, in a Super Regional Game 3, I would tell you it's because they don't play good enough defense. That somewhere along the way there was an error or two that extended an inning and a team that's just as good as them because that's what you see in Super Regionals capitalized on that. So if they can do what they did this weekend over the... The SEC tournament doesn't matter for Mississippi State. I'm sorry. It it just doesn't. I know that is blasphemy to some around here. It doesn't matter for them. In fact, I think it would be better for them to lose a couple games and come home. That's just me. I know, you know, there's a... Winning a championship's a big deal and all that stuff, but I, I would much rather have a rested and healthy team next weekend as opposed to playing in Hoover when you've got a national seed locked up and you got really nothing to play for. Because Mississippi State doesn't have anything to play for in Hoover this week. They, they don't. They're national seed. Get rested, get healthy, get home. Don't play five games. In was Hoover. it two years ago that, what was it, 19 innings, 17 innings against LSU? Yeah. And, like, here's it. Well, Vanderbilt won the SEC and then a national championship recently. That's great. Mississippi State doesn't have 50 scholarships to give out to their baseball team. So it's a little bit different. Um, anyway, that's a good sign. We'll see if that continues this week in Hoover. If they pl- continue to play clean defense, that's a team that – can go to Omaha and compete for a championship, without a doubt. with a- Absolutely without a doubt. And uh, they showed you why this weekend. A very important weekend, a big weekend for Mississippi State, solidifying a national seed, playing well going into the postseason, extending their arms a little bit more than they've done really all season long, and they rose to the occasion and delivered. Good, 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 exclusively good for Mississippi State this weekend. Ole Miss! More of the same, although yesterday didn't go particularly well. But they locked up a host site themselves. So we'll talk about that. Look at the SEC tournament bracket a little bit and then turn the page to some other important stuff we've got planned for you today. It's Sports Sunday. 6 year at one 4395 is the text line. We'll be right back. All right, I know golf is a game of strategy. And I like Daniel Berger. I, I think I, I'm no longer a fan, though. He just pulled a wuss move on the third hole. So they moved the tee way up on number three today. And uh, three, if you're not familiar with Kiwa, is a uh, very short par four, even if the tee's all the way back. But they moved it up to where it's reading today 293 to the pin from the tee on a par four, right? Downwind as well. So some guys are going to be hitting three woods into this thing. Daniel Berger, unwilling to risk going for it. Because if you go, if you miss right, you get into a sandy area some, or back behind the green is a pretty difficult shot up back at the pin. So he took an eight iron off the tee on a 293-yard par four downwind. Took an eight iron off the tee to lay up for a full swing into the green. I'm sorry, Daniel. You're out of contention. Pull out your driver and let it eat, man. I mean, what do you got to lose? You've got all the money you, in the world you could want anyway, but come on, you wuss. That's your chance to make come the on. highlight reel of the tournament. 
Try to drive the green. Try for a hole-in-one. Do something. An 8-iron off the tee on a 293-yard par 4? Come on, man. What a wuss. What a wuss. We got a texture that said, plus, talking about Chris Lamonis, he used Sims on Thursday and Saturday. That's right, two times in a weekend. I think he's only done that once before this season, if I remember correctly. So, extended the starters a little bit, pitched Sims twice. I think that, I mean, you know, it's not some profound statement. It's a very Mississippi talk radio statement to say, oh, I think that Chris Simonis was doing this on purpose. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely it was. And uh, it's working for him right now. So we'll see what happens. Like I said before, we'll get into this right now, actually. The SEC tournament this week, um, I, I guess it's possible that Ole Miss could play their way into a national seed, I suppose. I doubt it, especially with that bullpen, and more on that in a second. But I subscribe to the line of thinking that you don't go there trying to lose. You don't want to do what South Carolina did about a decade ago for a few years. They went to Hoover without trying. They, They didn't try to win. And coincidentally, they won back-to-back national championships in 10 and 11. But I don't think that that's the best way to approach this either. You try to win with limitations. You want to win games. You don't throw left fielders on the mound or anything like that. You you try to win. It is a championship at the end of the day, and you get to hang a banner on your outfield wall that says you won the SEC tournament. I mean, that's a real thing, and it's fun, but... You're trying to get to Omaha. And I never, no matter what, would ever do anything in Hoover that could possibly make the following week even a little bit more difficult. So if I'm Ole Miss, I don't throw Doug Nikhazy at all, but if I I just have to, 65 pitches, 70 pitches. Maybe do what he would have done in his mid in a bullpen session and get him out of there. You don't stretch him at at all. Not at all. He's thrown a hundred or over a hundred pitches the last two weeks. At least. So, yeah, I, as much as you can rest him, the better. I wouldn't I wouldn't throw him. At you all. may be onto something though with putting a left fielder on the mound. Unwritten rules of baseball say you can't hit a home run yeah. off of an outfielder or a position player. Yeah. So you know. By that nature, you can throw a no-hitter or something because no one's going to swing because it's against the unwritten rules. I still can't get over that line of thinking. that that it's Respecting the game is putting a, a position player on the mound to throw 45 miles an hour. That's not disrespectful to the game, but hitting a home run is somehow disrespectful to the game. I, anyway. Um, but if I were Ole Miss, I, I would not throw Doug Casey this weekend. And if I just absolutely had to, he'd be on a very strict pitch count. Even though Chris Lamona showed you this past weekend that he's willing to extend his guys a little bit, I don't do it this week. Nope. I think this final week of the regular season was the last time to do that ahead of yeah. regionals, super regionals, and Omaha. Because, they well, they needed two this week to preserve their national seat, and they went and got it. Um Right, McLeod and, that, and, and Bettner are, are not throwing over 85 pitches, if it's me. I mean, no. and that might even be high. Right. 
And Mid- yet, this past weekend, that's a worthy cause of extending your guys. The SEC tournament, I don't think, you know, based on what you said, I don't think you view it that way, and I don't either, of, of don't. that being worthwhile of having your guys go deep into a game. I just don't – I know there's nothing to gain for Mississippi State. Nothing. They are going to be a national seed. And some people don't like this. I understand that. Some people don't like this line of thinking. They think, well, you know, there's a championship at stake, and it's fun to win, so go win. No, I, I, I don't care. You know what's more fun? Winning regionals. That's what's more fun than winning in Hoover at 9.30 in the morning. Which Mississippi State will play Wednesday at 9.30 a.m. So uh, hope <laughs> hope you guys can watch the game at work. Uh, but I don't think Mississippi State has anything to play for this week. I, I would be very cautious with my arms. I expect Chris Lamonis is going to do just that. He won't say it out loud. I, I expect them to be very cautious. And if I'm Ole Miss, Doug Nikhazy does not take them out. Battle. He's been extended multiple weeks in a row now. I don't think Ole Miss can really gain anything in Hoover either. I mean, maybe, but you probably have to win the thing, and they're not winning the thing. Have you seen their bullpen? They're not winning anything. So, And if they beat Auburn, they play Vanderbilt, correct? They will play Vanderbilt, and Vanderbilt will probably not be throwing Rocker in that moment. Eh, so you have a chance then. And they right. could. And, and you don't try to lose, but I, I don't I don't do anything that even remotely makes me feel any kind of way about the weekend after. Here is the the SEC tournament, by the way. Games getting started on Tuesday, 9 30 a.m. Florida and Kentucky. So Kentucky will be eliminated by about noon on Tuesday from postseason play. South Carolina, Alabama will follow immediately after. Georgia LSU will get started at 4.30, and if you're an Ole Miss fan, uh, get the coffee ready because you will be up late on Tuesday night. Ole Miss is the TBD game. So if, if Georgia LSU takes three hours, Ole Miss isn't starting until after 8. So get the coffee ready. Mississippi State gets their tournament started on Wednesday morning. Like I said, they will play the winner of Florida and Kentucky Tennessee will follow that with the winner of South Carolina-Alabama. Arkansas will be waiting for the winner of Georgia and LSU. Arkansas, the SEC champion this year. And uh, pretty cool little atmosphere they had for that championship. And there was a beer shower in left field. Somebody should tell those fans that having fun around baseball is not acceptable. Another unwritten rule. You can't have fun playing baseball. You can't have fun being a fan of baseball. It's... Nope. Not allowed to have fun. At least that's what they'll tell you. And then the winner of Ole Miss and Auburn will face Vanderbilt on Wednesday night as well. Could be another late one should Ole Miss win on Tuesday. Speaking of fun, would you like to guess, or and I maybe you've already looked since you guys will be there, have you looked at the weather in Hoover, Alabama? It's like 95, right? Yeah. <laughs> you've got highs in the 90s all week long. Wow. Yeah. I did not see be, that coming. That'll be great. <laughs> Can hey, I be a stowaway I'm, for that trip, by the way? I'd love to spend all day at the ballpark. If I have to utter, utter the words initiative, medical marijuana, or Supreme Court for another week, I may go insane. So 
I may try to hide away in your luggage or in your car as you pull out. Tell Gary to throw you under the bus. Perfect. Literally. Yeah, there's space. There's space. I'll hold on for dear life all the way to Hoover. Oh, no, the compartments. Like, uh, oh, okay, the, cool. Yeah. No, so you'd I, be fine. I don't have to risk falling off on the road. Perfect. Yeah, you'd be good. Yeah, don't let's worry do that. <laughs> uh, well, the other two get to spend all day at the ballpark. One of us still has to do work. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice, uh, nice setup they got. Kyle says, oh, I missed this earlier, Kyle. So, uh, sorry. He says, is Monty on the staff? Yeah, Monty Kiffin's on the staff. I don't know how much, you know, of a staff member he is. But I, I'm sure he's giving input and stuff. Yeah, Monty Kiffin, uh, he's around. And uh, the kids seem to love him, too. Which that is, video, out was it after the bowl game or yeah, before? Yeah, when they're dancing. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> that's, uh, yeah, that's really good stuff. Um Jeff, I missed this too. He said uh, his 110-pound golden retriever, that's massive, uh, is so friendly. Yeah, goldens are the uh, are the best dogs in the world. I say that as a dog owner of two non-golden retrievers. They are the best dogs in the world for sure. 601-879-4395 is the text line. If you want to be a part of that conversation this morning, if you want to be like these guys, Kyle and Jeff and Zach, you can. We'd love to hear from you this morning. Baseball this weekend, successful in the state of Mississippi, did exactly what you needed to do. But Ole Miss has a problem. We'll get to the actual games coming up next. It is Sports Sunday. That bullpen is not pretty right now. We'll get to that next. All right, Ole Miss got two this weekend, two important games because they did lock up that regional host. However... The problems persist. Talked about it this week going up into the weekend. Number one, Ole Miss really just needed to get one to likely still be a host, but two would solidify it. They got that, so that's good. I'm not disparaging the series win because winning series, especially on the road in the SEC, against a team that is playing for their postseason life is certainly not bad. And it was a true road atmosphere as well, not near the crowds that you see here in this state, but 2,200 people or so. Basically full stadium. Not bad. True road atmosphere. And they get a series win. But a couple of things that I was looking for going into this weekend were specifically Jackson Kimbrell. And really anybody in that Ole Miss bullpen, whether it be Derek Diamond starting, McDaniel starting, or just somebody out of the pen not named Taylor Broadway to do something good. They got that. They did get that on Friday night. They got that with Brandon Johnson, who was a psychopath on the mound. Just a crazy person. I kind of I dig it. He probably shouldn't be so theatrical when an ump calls a ball, but, you know, give and take. Guy was throwing 95 to 97 with a decent breaking ball, and my question is, where the heck has he been? Where, where has that been? Because if you look at his appearances, he was great in the opening weekend of the season, remember, in Arlington, and has pitched really sparingly since. And, you know, if you go look at some of his appearances, a couple of them aren't good. My question is, though, why not give him... Like, why have you been waiting to pitch this guy until now 
because it's not like the options that have been in front of him have been more reliable. So wouldn't you... I mean, just thinking out loud here. If you have two guys, neither of which are reliable at all, both have shown a propensity to give up runs sometimes. One has a much larger sample size than the other, and it's not a good one. And the other one has electric stuff. 95 to 97 with a breaking pitch. Why do you keep going to the other one? I didn't really lay that out well. Because I don't want to bash a a particular, a couple bullpen arms for Ole Miss. It's not their fault. But when I watched this kid pitch on Friday night, and you compare the stuff to the stuff of guys that are getting more appearances in bigger spots, it's night and day. Completely different. So why? Why? I don't understand it. The, Maybe I, he doesn't practice. I don't know. I was going to offer team, up some kind of guess, but really, I have no idea why you wouldn't do that. At, at some point throughout the season, even in a midweek spot, just try to get someone, you know, as many chances as you can throughout the season. That way, when a big moment comes around, you think, all right, this guy's got a sample size, he's got experience, and I feel confident putting him out there. And now they still might be able to, you know, down the road, but now you've seen him do it once, and that's it. And you have to hope that that's a recurring trend. Yeah. I I just cannot believe that kind of stuff was hidden away on the end of the bench. But, But what do I know? Next to nothing, apparently. That bullpen's an issue. And, I mean, this team showed you this weekend that they can hit their way out of it. I mean, honestly, I didn't think Derek Diamond was bad. If you'd have told me that they're going to get, what was it, to the seventh inning, having given up five runs. Yeah, it was five runs through six. They have a chance to win. I mean, that's really, at this point, all you really can expect and ask for from your Game 2 and Game 3 starters at this point is just get the team to 6 or 7, giving up 5 runs or so, and let the offense recover and, and win the game for you. That's the only way they're getting out of a regional, and that's the only way they're getting out of a super regional, is winning a game with the KZ because he's that's what he does, and then playing gorilla ball, basically. Every other game after that. This offense has to be perfect if they're going to win a regional and beyond. has to be perfect. They, they have to score, with the exception of when Nikhazy's on the mound, they're going to have to score a lot of runs every time out to beat people. That's, that's the like, reality. There's nothing, there's no hidden guy. There's no, maybe this can change things. All that conversation's over. They're going to have to outscore people to win. Really like, that simple. Like football season. If the offense didn't yeah. score, the defense was going to give up a touchdown and you were going to lose. So, same thing for Ole Miss baseball that it was for football. Yep, that, uh, that about does it. Hour number two coming up. Sports Sunday on Super Talk. 601-879-4395 is the text line. Hour number two, Sports Sunday, Super Talk, Mississippi. I'm Michael Borky. He is Stephen Gagliano. You want to be a part of the conversation? You can. 601-879-4395 on one of the greatest sports weekends of 
Sports weeks, sports times of the year. This is incredible. I mean, we're entering the summer, right? It's almost the end of May. We're, oh my gosh, it's almost the end of May. We're about to hit June, and it's like everything's happening right now. This is awesome. So glad that you guys are with me. Caleb in Starkville says uh, he had a, got to call on the radio last night a successful hidden ball trick in Summerall South State Championship game. What do the unwritten rules say about that, though? You can't deceive your opponent, remember. In fact, you should apologize to the other dugout when you do something good. Go over and shake all of their hands and say you're sorry. Juxtapose the baseball unwritten rule thing this week with hockey, right? Hockey's got unwritten rules too, a lot of them. But they're done a little bit differently. So there was one series where a player took a knee to the head. You know what I'm talking about, Stephen? That was brutal. Uh, Completely inadvertent. Very much an accident. Uh, Had to get stretchered off the ice. He is okay. But pretty awful injury. The next night, he was team captain. The next time these, these guys play each other, One of his teammates goes up to the guy that did the hit, even though it was completely inadvertent on accident and everything, and said, hey, I know it was on accident, but that's our captain. Let's go. And they fought. And when the fight was over, they were both like, yeah, yeah, like I understand. You got to do it. It's all good. And they went and served their five minutes, and that was it. But what a difference it makes, right? The guy said, hey, I know it was an accident, but that's my team captain. So, you know, when that whistle blows... We're going. And the guy that did the hit didn't say, didn't try to defend himself or anything. Just, yeah, okay. All right. And they fought. And when it was over, it was over. The incident was over. That was it. No quabbling, nothing. That's just their unwritten rule comes to blows because that's what you're supposed to do. And then when it's over, they moved on. Hey, I know it's an accident, but that's my guy. Got to do it. Sorry. One of the best things... It's completely different, but also kind of the same. It's awesome. One of the best things in sports, really, and it comes around every time you know, during the NHL playoffs, is watching these series, which are the most physical, fast-paced, fun-to-watch kind of series, and you'll see fights throughout it, and you know, guys kind of hitting each other after the whistle a little bit, and after it's all over, whether the game or the series goes four or it goes seven... They line up and they do the handshake line and they go all the way through it. And you see guys, and it's not just like a half-hearted kind of slap their hands and keep going. These guys really like get into it and, you know, you'll kind of see them hugging after and basically telling the other team, whoever wins, you know, go get it and keep going. It's such a cool sportsmanship thing to see after guys really just beat each other up for a week straight, basically. There is a crazy respect level in hockey that that we don't have in other sports. Especially, like you mentioned, how physical it is. I I mean, the the scenario I just mentioned, I've got to fight you. You you know I have to. I know what you did was an accident. i got to try to beat your head in. And the other guy, okay, I understand. They dropped gloves, they fought, and then, seriously, and then the second it's over, they just fought each other, punching each other in the head. But the second it's over, it's, all right, we're good. All settled. There was no other retaliation. There was nothing else. The beef, if you will, was squashed right then. 
and they can they can play and they can respect each other. It's it's a completely unique culture in sports. Could you imagine a football team? And, and then the best part about hockey is the two teams let the guys fight each other. They they let it go. Could you imagine in football if helmets came off and two dudes fought? What would happen after that for every play for the rest of the game? They would have to cancel the game. Seriously. Right. I was yeah, I was going to say hockey, it's a sport that somehow Obviously, you still have the refs, but it almost officiates itself at times. And the players know when to stop. They know when to fight in that instance. They know that, all right, we need to actually get back to the game. But in football, if you let that stuff go unchecked, you're going to keep on seeing stuff after the whistle with intent, really. Yeah. The, the longer that stuff escalates, the more you know physical and harmful it becomes. Yeah. But in hockey, yeah, they, they find a way to kind of squash it among themselves. Kyle, you are right, though. If you go after the goalie, the rest of the team gets after you. I mean, there have been times where there's just been full team fights and stuff like that, but I find it so fascinating. I love it. I've encouraged people to just check it out. I hope you guys have done that if you listen to me. This coming week, so Ole Miss fans will be watching, let's say tomorrow night, Monday night. There's hockey tomorrow, right? Tomorrow night, right? Let's see. Yeah. Let's pull up the schedule right here. Are the Predators tonight or are they tomorrow? I think they're they should be tonight. What a fan I am. Uh, <laughs> You're really. a new fan. It's all right. Very, very, very new fan. Hockey's okay. ha- just happy to have you and all yeah. that are just joining. And I'm sitting here so. in Mississippi telling people to watch it. Right. So, uh, so yeah, they can the Predators are you. today. One thirty. <laughs> Today or tomorrow, if you've got nothing better to do, guys, like let's pretend for a second that you're, you're not a big fan of golf. Your baseball teams aren't playing. You got nothing really to watch this afternoon. You get done cutting the grass, put on a hockey game. J- just try it. Just try it. J- give it a shot. And I think you'll find something pretty fun. The speed of it is really what what is attractive to me. They get from one end to the ice to the other in three seconds. The puck is always on goal, always. They, they are seconds away from a goal for the entire game. I love that. That just the energy of it. That that you're constantly you can't look away because if you do, you're going to miss something, or you can anyway. I love it. I love that. Five minutes is five minutes, or the last two minutes is two minutes. And obviously you've got some stoppages if the puck goes over the net or the goalie's holding it, whatever. But for the most part, it moves quickly. Yeah. In the NBA, if you're watching it, two minutes is 30 minutes, really. And in the NHL, it's not like that. And the one thing I will say, I've watched as much as I can of this until, again, my cable went out. But the series in Canada... <laughs> Get some fans in the building. I, man, <laughs> I don't want to turn this into a, a COVID no, thing. No, that's but. okay. That was I noticed that too yesterday. I'm thinking, like, in, in Nashville today, there there will be thir- – I don't think they're going to full 100%. I think it's a little less. But there will be, like, 13,000 people in Nashville today. It will be a real hockey atmosphere. Raleigh's done the same. I mean, you, you get it. That was – I thought last year sports without fans was okay because it's all I was allowed to have at the time. Now that we don't have to have it anymore, it's so much worse without fans there. Even watching on television, it's so much worse. 
The game's out in California, too. The same thing yeah. in the NBA with the Lakers, the Clippers. Get some people in there. And I think there's some in California. There's some but now. My God. Get it, some people in there. <laughs> it's, uh, it's not the same still. It's not the same at all. But and We've yeah. seen it now with open stadiums in so many places, and the world hasn't ended. So, you know, I'm not asking you to go to 100% right away, but if you want people to watch those series in Canada when you have so many other ones going on where you get to feel that atmosphere, you're losing viewership because of that. Remember back uh, not too terribly long ago when American media was so embarrassed that we aren't more like Canada? That we don't have leadership like they do in Canada? People have a short-term memory, I think. I, I wonder if they're still writing those things when they watch police arrest people for just being outside in Canada. I, I wonder if they still think that we should be more like them. Hmm. Probably not. I don't know. They probably haven't noticed, though. No. They've got those kind of horse blinders on where you can't see, you know, unless you're looking directly at it. So they, It's incredible. They it, stay looking at their own lane. Yeah, and their own lane is USA bad, everywhere else good. That's the lane they're in. We can do nothing right. Everybody else does everything right. Um, that's why people flock here and not the alternative. Anyway, that's uh, more for Gallo in the morning. And remember, the views and opinions expressed on this network are not those of mine or Stephen's. Only Stephen and I speak for Stephen and I. Fair? All right. I like it. My text line froze. Spence, I wanted to get to your message because I am, I'm really actually excited about golf this afternoon. We talked about it a little bit at the very beginning of the show. Uh, here it is. It's back up now. I think. Yeah, here we go. Sorry about that. The text line froze on me, man. It happens five or six times a show. Spence said, Borky, just turning, uh, tuning in this morning, I gotta ask, how pumped are you to sit back with a beverage this afternoon and watch a 50-year-old mastermind go to work? I hope he wins. I really hope he wins. I'll explain why next. Because Phil's a little bit controversial in golf circles. People think that he's inauthentic. And, and maybe he's not. I'll explain why coming up. Up against a heartbreak. 601-879-4395. I want Phil to win today. I hope he does. And I'll tell you why next. Kyle, that's a great question. I have no idea what the answer is. He's asking, in whose favor does the win play? Win's going to be pretty brutal today. And what's been so much fun about this particular tournament is the golf course, while difficult, is gettable when there's no wind. It's gettable. And we saw that a little bit early on yesterday before the wind picked up later. Uh, some low scores out there, and there are some low scores out here this morning as well before the wind picks up later this afternoon. But the course is basically, it goes along the beach. And about half the course is going in one direction, and the other half, about, is going the other direction. And the wind mostly, it, obviously, the wind is blowing in one direction. Um, but the last three days, about half the course has been downwind, pretty significant wind, and the other half has been directly into the wind. That has completely shifted 180 degrees. So the holes that were downwind the last three days are now going to be against the wind and vice versa. And they're looking 20 to 25 miles an hour. I don't know between he and Brooks. My guess would be Kepka. But I don't, I don't know how to answer that, honestly. 
full transparency. Believe it or not, despite what uh, my wife probably thinks, I, I am willing to admit when I'm wrong. Although, I don't know how talented I am at that, at least at home. I'm a, I'm a little bit hard-headed. Um, you can show examples of it here, though. You see, so you've got that, an that, but that's what frustrates her so bad. She's like, <laughs> at work, you're willing to admit you're wrong. Why not here? It's like, well, uh, it's because I'm stubborn and I'm a jerk. This is what you married, honey. Um but I don't know, Kyle. Honestly, I, I don't know how to answer that. Who the wind favors? I don't know. It's a really good question. There are people in the golf world that think Phil Mickelson is phony. In fact, there's there's a lot of stuff. If you talk to people that have been around golf or covered it, there's a lot of like you know rumor innuendo stories about he and his wife and his his gambling habits and stuff like that, avoiding prison because of insider trading. I mean, there, there's all kinds of these things that, that swirl around when Phil Mickelson gets brought up. A lot of people don't like him. He has a nickname, uh, Fig Jam. And the last letters, you can add the F in there if you'd like. It's, I'm great, just ask me. Uh, that's what some people in the golf world think about him. They think he's a phony. Although he does seem to have pretty good relationships with most of the guys on tour, so maybe he's pretty all right. But here's the thing. And yes, to answer your question, uh, Ole Miss is a lock to host a regional. Make your plans. They will be hosting a regional in two weeks. No doubt. Make your plans. Um, I don't care if it's phony. Because the way he interacts with fans and kids, it, it doesn't that doesn't matter to me if behind the scenes that's inauthentic. Or if he does that for brand purposes or whatever. I'll give you an example. I, I was lucky enough to go to the Masters in 2007 and 2008. Um my dad and I posted up on the 17th tee because you can turn and see 16 green and then turn around without having to move and see them tee off on 17. And we worked our way all the way up to the front row. And there was a big wait on 17 for some reason. Big wait. And every player just stood next to their bag and their caddy. Like They, they maybe talked a little bit amongst themselves, but they didn't move at all. They just stood there waiting for their chance to hit. Phil Mickelson, on a Sunday at Augusta, Walked around the tee box, was shaking hands, telling people he's glad to see them, hope they're having fun. This is seven, the 17th hole, Sunday at the Masters. And Phil Mickelson walks up to each person, my dad and myself, saying, hey guys, glad, like, good to see you, glad you're here, hope you're having fun. No other player did that. That's awesome. And so 13-year-old me, a professional, Phil Mickelson just talked to me. You know, how cool is that? And so, maybe, you know, maybe behind the scenes he's a big gambler. Maybe that, and he's a big gambler behind the scenes. He is. I mean, he is. Maybe he's done some things that make his character not what you think it is. But when he is in public, interacting with the fans and stuff like that on the course, he's great. There's a video my wife showed me yesterday of him. Uh, he hit a tee shot a little left. This is a different tournament, but 
He's right up against the ropes, and he looks at a kid. He said, what would you do here? And the kid replies and says, if I could hit a a three-wood 260, I'd go for it here. And Phil said, okay, I like the way you think. Pulled his three-wood and went for the green. And turned around to the kid and said, hey, his name was Riley. He said, hey, Riley, you can be my caddy anytime. How cool is that? So I've always liked him because even maybe if it isn't authentic, it doesn't matter because the, the kids and the fans only see one side of him and they only know one side of him, and it's a good one. So I'm okay with it. I don't need to know the intricacies of somebody's personal life to like the way they interact with fans and root for them. That's just me. I don't need to know their political views. I, I don't care if they give them. I, I don't need to know if uh, he and, and this guy and his wife are... Uh, they they live in a lifestyle that's different than most people's. I don't need to know any of that because it doesn't matter. I need to know that when he hits a ball up against the ropes and there's a 12-year-old boy there, that he has that interaction and he made that boy's year. Kid will never forget it. So I root for Phil Mickelson. And I don't care about all the stories that people will say about him. I want him to win today because I like him and I like the way he interacts with people. And that's what matters. When you're, in, when you're out there, when you've got a platform like his, when you're looked up to like him, how do you treat people? And, and that's, that's all I care about. So I like him. And correct me if I'm wrong here, but there was another guy who was, you know, and still is the face of golf that had a less than spectacular personal private life that came to be uh, came to be known in the public eye and people still love him too so <laughs> I think whatever Phil Mickelson does behind closed doors and in his own personal life is fine if he is that guy to the public that so many people know him to be then you're right that's yeah. a, that's all he needs to do and it'd, it'd be different if the the stuff that people talk about with Phil is like mistreatment of others you know what i mean i don't know i don't know it just it if doesn't... he wants to gamble let him gamble who cares if he's a little <laughs> bit cocky right if he's to, to other players if he's he's kind of a, a junk talker whatever i don't know it just it doesn't it does not bother me at all but anyway you know what i was gonna i was gonna ask you to make a prediction but with something that you have a rooting interest in, I'm not gonna not gonna ask you to do that. Oh no, I, no I, I want Phil to win. I don't think he will. Okay. He had what a five stroke lead earlier. Yeah, yesterday? he went bogey double mm. and uh, and fell back, but then Brooks fell back a little bit as well. Um, Brooks is an interesting guy because on the surface, like the the aura that that he gives out, he pretends like he doesn't really care about golf. Like, I listened to an interview with him on the Pardon My Take podcast, the guys from Barstool, number one sports podcast in the world. It's hysterical. Don't listen to it when your kids are around. Um, but the the way he he's he said he gets bored. He's like, I, I wish that it was 14 holes instead of 18 because sometimes I'm so bored out there. I just want to be done. That kind, of, that, that kind of persona he gives off, that's not real. Uh, he, he works incredibly hard. What bothers me, though, is what, you're not cool for not working hard, man. Like we, we all know that you've gotten to this point because you love the game and you've worked your tail off at it. But he's kind of created this, this chip on his shoulder. Too cool for school kind yeah, of thing. That's like, like the, 
the kid who says like, oh, whatever, I'm not even going to study for that test, and then they study. goes home, studies all night, and then gets a hundred. That, that's Brooks Kepka. Yep. Um, but man, is he steady? the 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 mental strength that he has on the golf course is pretty remarkable, and obviously the game to to match. But it's going to be a heck of a day. I mean, the the old guard, the 50 year old. Two years older than the oldest major winner ever against the best player in the world, who's significantly younger <laughs> than Phil Mickelson. Um, on a stunning golf course with wind blowing 20 miles an hour. Golf doesn't provide a whole lot of great storyline and drama, if we're being honest. I mean, it's kind of a it's a kind of an old man sport, right? Today you've got storylines and you've got real drama and real juice behind it. So. In a very picturesque place. Stunning, man. Mm -hmm. Low countries. It's uh, nowhere else like it in the world. So watch it today. I'll be watching it. 601-879-4395 is the text on. We'll get to some of those and uh, be right back with you. All right. They're coming back, by the way, I think. Motley Crue is doing some kind of tour with a couple other bands, I think. Maybe uh, maybe Vince Neil will lose a little weight between now and then. The neck is gone, man. It's just not there. <laughs> I, was this a quarantine thing, or this has been going on for some time? Oh, it's been going on, for, going on for a while. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Can't and blame it on the, the fact that maybe he got interested in baking sourdough during quarantine like the, everyone else. Yeah, the years <laughs> uh, have not not been good <laughs> to, to that guy. Really, the entire band. I mean, they all look like crap, but uh, they're still rocking and um, living clean, too. So good for them. I forget who they're touring with, but uh, I think... I think the closest they're coming here is Atlanta, so it might be a trip for some of you guys if... Uh, you're into Motley Crue. Def Leppard. They're touring with Def Leppard? Uh, that's 2022. Hold on. <laughs> oh, man. Talk amongst yourselves. Oh, I might need to go to that then. Well, yeah. Here. Truist Park, Atlanta, Georgia. June 16th, 2022. So you've got some time to got a go year. plan your trip. So Motley Crue, Def Leppard, and who? It's just the oh, no, yeah, and Joan Jett and Poison. Oh my God, <laughs> what a day! Are you kidding me? <laughs> that would be really fun, actually. Oh, remember when Brett Michaels did that reality show? Oh, that's so <laughs> gross. I'm sorry. What was that one? Rock of Love. You know what? It was I, gross. I want to say this was one of our conversations. When oh, we there did were no talk sports. about this. Yeah, we, because <laughs> I should have remembered the name. That's on me. Brett Michaels and all of his <laughs> different bandanas in his 40s was had. You know, 20-year-old girls competing for his heart. <laughs> oh, just, oh, What a dark time without sports it was. <sighs> it's disgusting. <laughs> we have um, a very dedicated audience that they stuck with us. So we appreciate all of you out there. JP saying, golf is kind of an old man's sport with a question mark and LOL next to it. Yeah, I mean, you, you know what I mean, though. It's, um... Well, the audience, I mean, demographically, you guys know this about me. I'm, I'm very in tune with ratings and trends and stuff like that. Golf is a, an older audience, mostly wealthy. That's why you see, you know, 
tag hewer and Rolex ads and Mercedes Benz and accounting firms you've never heard of and wealth management and net jets and stuff like that. Because the golf audience skews older and more money. Whereas like your football and basketball audience, as far basketball especially is the most diverse audience as far as demographics, age, income level, race, nationality. NBA is by far the most diverse. But NBA and, and football in particular, they, they skew much younger. And that's why you see, you know, pizza, you know, junk food, soda, beer, stuff like that. It's a less sophisticated, younger audience, people like me, you know. NFL advertising and NBA advertising, uh, I'm their target demo. The guy that's going to buy a bunch of junk food and stuff he doesn't need. Like, that's me right here. Um, So, yeah, golf is a bit of an old man's sport. That's okay. I wasn't taking a shot. It's just reality. I'm an old soul, so I'll watch every shot today. Spencer Brookhaven says, Lefty is awesome. He gets a bad rap from certain media outlets, but we were fortunate to meet Bones and Phil at the TPC Sugarloaf in Duluth, Georgia in 06. My wife and I walked all 18 holes outside the ropes with them, and they were both just awesome people. There's, there's an element to athletes, like, you know, never meet your heroes because you'll always be disappointed. There are athletes, there are professional golfers, there are professional football, basketball, baseball, hockey players that are incredible people that do great, great, great things behind the scenes that are great people. And uh, we should admire that. I'm just not interested in the personal intricacies of somebody's life when it's not criminal. Like if if somebody's breaking the law, maybe, and I guess Phil kind of skirted the law a couple of times, maybe that should make me not like him, but I don't know. It's just not something I care about unless their actions are directly impacting the game or the sport themselves. I actually, a friend in a group message right now, well, what about Hugh Freeze? What Everything he did was in private? Well, no, because he destroyed Ole Miss football on his way out the door. And, I, and very, very, uh, how should I word this? Um, really mistreated people that were close to me. So, and with it's a little bit different. Yeah, and with with him, I think there was always that kind of presenting yourself as holier than thou, and then when all of that stuff comes to light, it amplifies it. I, I think there's always that element to it when he, when Hugh Freeze's name is brought up. Yeah, and I I hate that I even read that on air. I I, I shouldn't have even talked about it because. We do that too much, and Ole Miss plays Liberty this year, and that week is going to be miserable, just miserable on this show. So, Spencer Brook, this one. Not this one. <laughs> Spencer Brookhaven says, my wife and I bought two Blackberry Smoke. By the way, if you're not familiar with Blackberry Smoke, check them out. Uh, great Southern rock band. Uh, about a month ago for October 9th at the House of Blues in New Orleans, we found out that we have to attend a wedding on October 9th, and he put a bunch of mad emojis. Don't. Schedule fall weddings. I've got to go to one this fall. And Spence, big football fan too. And he uh, he's he listens to this, so he knows. Come on, man. My question for Spence <sighs> is: Are you involved in the wedding? How close are you to these people? Because if you're not, then you should skip the wedding and go to the concert. 
That would be my advice as someone who's getting married in two weeks. Skip the wedding. Skip the wedding. <laughs> no, I, I can't mind. It's a very, uh, very good friend of mine, and he probably knows I'm messing with him. But, uh, like, last year, uh, a good friend of mine got married on the night that Mississippi State was playing Kentucky and Ole Miss was playing Alabama. But I respect the heck out of them because they knew that they were getting married in the fall in the South, and that's what you're not supposed to do. But if you're going to get married in the fall and in the South, it's better to just accept that people want to watch football and put it on. At their reception, right behind the bar, there were two TVs. One was on State Kentucky, one was on Ole Miss Alabama, and they just embraced it. That's what you have to do. If you're going to have a wedding in the fall, you got to embrace the fact that people are going to care about football more than you. We thought we were being smart and not doing it during football season, and we failed to realize that it was during regional week of college baseball, which around here is just as big. So we messed up there. JP says, I enjoyed the golf this weekend. I don't know if you've mentioned this, but when lefty plays, people tune in. Yeah, absolutely. He's a draw. This is great for golf. Today is great for the sport. You've got the old guard, kind of a polarizing guy, trying to make history, and then right behind him is the best player in the world right now, I think. I don't know if he's world number one or not. I don't check the official world golf rankings. I think the system is kind of flawed. But if you told me to pick the best player in the world right now, it's Brooks Kepka. He's the best player in the world. Dustin Johnson's still number one. I would say, well, Dustin's had a great run recently as well, but is Brooks two? Brooks is 13. Oh, that, see, that, that's so stupid. <laughs> because he got injured, had to miss some time, and now he's not. Give me a break. See, that's why I don't like the official world golf rankings right there. Your real favorite golfer is number five. See, that, that's ridiculous. <laughs> I, I hate the way they do it. They need to do it like by committee. They, they use numbers in a formula and stuff. So since Brooks got hurt and couldn't play for a while... And then when he did play, it was, uh, you know, he missed the cut at Augusta because he could barely swing. He, he gets docked for that. But like in football, if you have an off week, you, you don't get bumped down because you didn't play. Are you the best team or not? Are you the best player or not? I promise you there's not 12 players in the world better than Brooks Kepka right now. Uh, so this is great for the sport. It's a big day for them. Should get a really good ratings number, too. Although they're competing with NBA and NHL today. But still should do really well for the PGA for sure. Um, One of you says, good morning, gentlemen. Society loves to bash and demonize everybody but themselves. That's true. That's true. Um, And and honestly, sometimes, man, I fall into that trap myself. I would like to think I'm self-deprecating enough to where maybe I can get away with it. But there are times where, where I'll do that as well. But you're right, especially when it comes to sports. What we do, especially in media, but what we do is instead of when somebody does something great, our first reaction is, well, he's not as great as that guy that did it 20 years ago. So instead of just appreciating greatness, we we aim to find something flawed in not just sports, but in this case, yeah. You're true. I second that motion. Purgatory was created for people who get married in the fall. (laughs) Sorry, Stephen. Got bad news for you.
Well, we're not in the fall. <laughs> we're just oh, yeah, that's a, true. a bad yeah, weekend yeah. in the summer with regional baseball. Oh, that's quite all right. <laughs> that's quite all right. 601-879-4395. We'll be right back. <laughs> we are talking about the uh, Motley Crue, Def Leppard, what was it, Joan Jett and uh, Poison show in Atlanta. And Quinn said, hope that concert has a ton of handicapped spaces. Those fans are old now, man. <laughs> uh, it's a great show, fellas. Have a good one. You too, man. Thanks for uh, for tuning in. And he's telling you, Stephen, watch out for the Bengals this year. They signed a bunch of dudes from Louisiana. If they can keep Joe Burrow upright, I'll believe that the Bengals will be a threat at some point. But the fact that they drafted Jamar Chase in the first round instead of Panay Sewell, I think I'm all right for now. But, yes, eventually I will have to worry about the Bengals. Kyle says, what golfer gave away his Super Bowl tickets to a fan when he found out he was going to the playoff? It was Phil in Phoenix. I did not know that. I'll have to read about that later. I remember them playing the Phoenix Open with the – they kept showing the Super Bowl stadium on that Sunday because the golf led right into the Super Bowl, as it does. Uh, But I remember that, the the tournament and the Super Bowl in the same city. We're – was that me? Sorry. <laughs> it's all right. Is it those ESPN auto yep. play? Mm-hmm. It's really I pulled up every the NBA site. lines and I shouldn't just blame ESPN.com because every site does these annoying autoplay things. Yeah, because three seconds is technically an ad view or something uh-huh. like that. So they, <laughs> they juice the numbers. Will says, I'm in a wedding the week of the regionals this year. Oh, man. Usually I can miss one weekend of regionals, but he's now the producer for ECU Athletics on ESPN+. Plus. That's awesome. They got a brand new control room, and it'll be their first opportunity to broadcast regionals, and he'll have to miss it. Really bummed. Man, that stinks. And especially because the the people tried to do it the right way, right? They tried to avoid, you know, a bad time of year to get married, and it still becomes a bad time of year. Paula says, Stephen, the only time to get married is July, early to mid-August, and early December. December wedding right here. She said, married 42 years, July 14th. Congratulations. Wow. That is well, awesome. We're close enough to July, and so hopefully we can make it as long as that. That is that is awesome. I think we will. Spence and Brookhaven says he cannot miss this wedding on October 9th. What is the football schedule that weekend? Let's see. SEC helmet schedule. Weekend of October 9th. So here we go. That is Alabama at Texas A&M, Arkansas at Ole Miss, Auburn, Georgia, Florida, Vanderbilt, Kentucky, LSU. Mississippi State's off that weekend. That's really not so maybe a great it's a state slate fan. of games. Yeah, I, that's if you're going to have to miss a weekend of SEC football. I mean, Alabama A&M this year will be fun because Nick Saban is going to try to hang a hundred on Jimbo Fisher after that stupid comment he made a couple weeks ago, even if it was a joke. I don't think Nick Saban is the joking type, so that will be a fun game to watch. Outside of that, the slate isn't great that weekend. Get another message. When I got married in the fall, booked a date with no game. They moved the LSU-Alabama game to that date. Married a chick from Louisiana, so there was a big TV set up in the back so people could watch. Uh, I've told, I told this story to my wife, and we were looking at you know when to get married. We had a long engagement because of that, because uh, I, I told her, Fall weddings, you don't want to have one in the fall because as selfish as it sounds to you, the non-football fan, people are going to care more about the game. 
a good friend of mine got married in Nashville, outside of Nashville, on a stunning property in the hills outside of Nashville. Just absolutely beautiful. And uh, it, I'm going to call it a barn. It wasn't a barn. It was a wedding venue, right? But it, it kind of had like a barn feel to it. was absolutely beautiful. It was perfect. Uh, the alcohol selection was insane. The band was great. The food was great. They had Cuban cigars just out for you to grab and take. Like It was an incredible wedding. But it was the night that Tennessee was playing Oklahoma in Knoxville. That double and overtime it game? The double overtime game. And it was wow. a Nashville wedding where 90% of the people were Tennessee fans. And it got to a point in the reception where I looked around and there was probably 10 people inside the venue. And you'd go outside and the entire wedding was huddled around a couple of phones and an iPad watching the end of the Tennessee-Oklahoma game. And Tennessee lost that game, didn't they? They did. So the mood, so people were mad. Right. Not a lot of and, happy people dancing. And I, I was like, Katie, that's why. Because that would happen to us, too. I felt terrible. I, I, really, I felt terrible because the place was incredible and nobody cared. Nobody cared at all. Yeah, that's terrible. JP says, I hate I missed most of today's Sunday School Truancy Hour Live. Uh, available on demand it is available on demand the podcast will be uploaded here in about 10 minutes yes (laughs) give or take enjoy your golf this afternoon enjoy the hockey or the basketball I'll be watching all three today and making steaks on the grill tonight because why not that'd be twice in three days I think for us but it's been raining for so long that now that it's sunny, it's time to get out Got and do it. Got to take advantage. Thank you guys for tuning in. Always glad that you're with me. And uh, see you on the stream tomorrow morning, if not six days and 22 hours from right now. Have a good one. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.